Welcome to the UK Packers podcast. As usual, I'm your host at NFL on Twitter. Of course, follow the group at UK Packers. We're in the playoffs, baby! Yeah! Um, and by, by we're in the playoffs, I don't mean we're actually in the playoffs because we ain't. Uh, and will we? Probably not. Uh, no, look, I want to be optimistic. I don't want to start this podcast back after a while. I start knocking around about this negativity lark. Uh, but what I mean is, is we're already in the playoffs and we have been in the playoffs for quite some time. In fact, we were dead and buried for a very long time, which prompted me to put up on the group account is that we are likely seeing, and this was four games to go, uh, you know, we had to go in and face, um, who are we facing? The Rams. And then go in against the Dolphins. You know, two good, well, Rams, not a good record, but, you know, a tough team, Sean McVay, Jedi, Jedi Master, that whole narrative. Um, and then going against the Dolphins, who, you know, were amazing on explosive plays, and they were amazing on explosive plays, and we absolutely crapped the bed. But then we come back, it's the game of two offs, mate. So then we come back and we did well. But look, we've been in the playoffs for forever now. Um, we were dead and buried. We had a 6% chance. And I put out four games ago, you know, just by looking at the probability, and let's face it, by the way the Packers were playing and who they were up against, it's highly likely uh, that we're seeing which still might be true, is that we only have 16 more quarters uh, left. Four games, 16 quarters of Packers football. See you later. Now, we could have been dumped out an awful long time ago. Um, you know, and it sort of doesn't make you look back in the games that we did play. And you're like, Jesus, had we just got that one? Because what did I say now? We're half a game away from making the playoffs, uh, which is not quite true. And I'm going to run through some probabilities. And in fact, I have the New York Times probability predictor in front of me at the minute. And we can run through some of those and sort of go through the permutations or whatever. But like, talk about coming back from the dead. This is definitely coming back from the dead. And when I comment to say that it's not highly likely that we're going to make it, it's based on probability, not based on hope. Because like I tell people... And if you're a long time listener to the podcast, if you start to listen to the pod or, or continue to listen as we reach the playoffs, which why not? Uh, well, then you'll see my attitude always remains the same every single year. It doesn't matter. And I've been doing this a very long time now. I would be very honest with it and say I'd love to be analytical. Uh, do know that we support the team here and that not that we sort of blindly are homers and go for the front office and everything to do is amazing because it definitely isn't. Um, you know, I mean, one of those talking points come up about Keyshawn Nixon. Should they have played a murder? Should they have not? Uh, I mean, I want to get into that talking point. But anyway, um, you know, it's sort of more leaning. But the minute it gets to the playoffs, all bets are off. Um, the analysis kind of goes out the window because it really is any given Sunday. And the way the NFL has been playing the last couple of weeks, it's certainly been any given Sunday. It's impossible almost to predict who's going to win in an ACA. You usually get two out of the three. Um, and of course, if you go for the all-out win, you don't get the good spread and all that kind of stuff. Now, what I would say in my stance on betting is don't do it. Uh, keep your cash. But anyway, particularly lately, the bookies know what they're doing. So look, we're in the playoffs. We're in the playoffs already. If we, if we lose any of these games, we're gone. We're done-so. Um, 
if you look at, for instance, if we lose against the Vikings this week, um, our chances go from 28%, which is what they're at now, to 2%. Uh, so basically not there. Uh, and so what we need to do is, and again, this has probably been flogged to death, but for those people who like to kind of stick their head under the sand, because I have heard from people that the only podcast they listen to is this one. Um, so they don't listen to any of their talking points they watch the game uh, they follow a little bit of Twitter and then they just wait for the podcast to come out so look the Packers need to win out so we need to beat the Vikings and we need to beat the Lions now we're favourites shockingly against the Vikings because of that insane run that they have of one score games they hold the NFL record for one score games what have they got 11 wins and 10 of those have been one score games so the only team to win 10 one score games in a row and I do think that look eventually that look does run out they were pointing at the Lions to say that the Lions would beat the Vikings and they went on to beat them. Um, you know, so that's kind of what we're looking at. And they're the last two teams we have to face. Isn't an advantage um, that we play at Lambeau Field? Like, gut feeling says yes, but is it actually? Probably not. I mean, these are two teams that are used to playing in these conditions. They're not going to be phased by it. And like I always say, you really never know what's going to happen with a division game. Do you? I mean, it always goes sideways, particularly when you need it to go, because that's one of my favorite parts of analysis that I like to pick up the TV and place it in the front garden through the window is, is that some of the analysis, when they look at these games, they go, well, the Packers need to win. So that's why they're going to win this game, because they need to win. I'm sorry, but you basically need to win every single game. And yes, I know it stood true for the Packers that, you know, and it's happened to every playoffs that every time we go in and we think we're going to buzzsaw a team and we're the favourites, then they kind of fall asleep. And that's all down to coaching, but also down to the players. Let's not treat them like babies here either. The fact that it's a big game and they can't get up off their arse and do the job uh, and that they need someone to shout at them. Even in that game against the Dolphins when we went in at halftime, Jerry Gray, apparently, uncharacteristically for him, went and chewed their ass out. Now, do you need Jerry Gray, a quiet man who had to be sort of pulled from his stoic slumber uh, to go and tear your ass up at halftime no you shouldn't need it and again you can point the finger at Joe Barry and say he should be the one doing it or you can point the fingers at these positional coaches and say where was this gusto all year you know why weren't they chewing their ass out before but look Jerry Gray seemingly kind of along the sort of peppers route and along the lines of you know some of the other greats that we've seen in Green Bay that you know Reggie uh, White for instance was apparently quite quiet he wouldn't chew anybody up but when he did speak people listening to that whole trope uh, so Jerry Gray came out and started shouting at these lads so we're in the playoffs and we have been in the playoffs for a long time and I think that uh, do you know what it just and I don't want to be negative but what it really stinks to me I'm enjoying it first off let me put that on the table. I'll always support the Packers and I always expect that the Packers will win and I've put that on the group account a good few times. You know, even when we're really up against it, uh, the history in Green Bay and the mentality more so in Green Bay is something that have, you know, you could even see good quotes has been going after is that just don't let your heads drop. And that's one thing that we mentioned coming into this season was is that we haven't seen that with Matt LaFleur, but he's had the luxury of so many wins which sounds bizarre to say because you'd say he earned them, you know. But then you look at this season and you see just what went wrong and it's very hard to put your finger on it. Um, an awful lot of it has to do with the fact that they abandoned the run. But then we see that with Aaron Jones being injured in this game, they didn't lean on the run. AJ Dillon has been good in splashes and waves, sometimes they haven't got anything going. And then you look at the emergence of Christian Watson and you say, oh, well, it wasn't the run game all along. It was the fact that they could key in on the run. Um... The Packers overcomplicated things. They tried to throw the ball but they didn't have that option. Um, and then all of a sudden when you bring in that pass game and Watson's in there, Romeo Dubs is in there, they have to honour it. They stretch the field. That gives more opportunities for Alan Lazard and AJ Dillon and Bobby Tonyan had, 
you know, some some catches, you'll have Mercedes Lewis coming in with that ridiculous catch that he had. It just opens up opportunities for other people. You know, and then you see that throw on fourth down and he overthrows Christian Watson and then half the internet goes crazy and then half the internet, you know, sort of says, oh, if that would have worked out, genius style. And then we've seen it happen before and it's very, very nuanced. So I had two working titles for this podcast. One was, we're already in the playoffs, which we have been for quite some time now and we will continue to be until we actually hit the playoffs. Um, And the other one was, lower your expectations. You know, um, but that sounded very preachy and sort of telling you how to fan. But I just think when we get to this stage, you really just need to lower your expectations because, you know, we can point our finger at a bunch of different things with Bakhtiari sort of yo-yoing in and out, with the O-line not being great at the start of the season, with people carrying knocks and injuries. Aaron Rodgers had that broken thumb and then he had the rib issue, which doesn't seem to be an issue now. We couldn't put up points, then we can put up points. And it's all a bit wishy-washy, Um but all we know is that with this core of players, we were capable of doing a lot of things. And one of those was even beating uh, Buffalo, you know, and you look at that game and you sort of feel like we left that on the table. Some of the other games that we lost as well, just brain fart moments, people not up for it. Um, it's very hard to pinpoint where the value is in this season. The value, I guess, in itself is the fact that LaFleur himself as a coach, um, and we know we've had that coaching carousel he has now witnessed what happens to his locker room when he has a run of losing games. Um, and it's just a shame, I guess, that for LaFleur, it could come down to games where they weren't up for it. And then when it gets too late in the season, when, you know, one of our podcasts was like, you know, we still have love for the Packers, which was sort of an ode to, do we sub Jordan Love in now and see what we have here because the season is lost. And again, balls of steel to Gutekunst and balls of steel to Matt LaFleur to stick by their guns and try to win. But that tends to be an NFL team's default mode, even when a team is this tank for Tua or whatever. When that goes on, you will hear from the players that they never want. They're never told expressly, don't do your best, lads. And then also the coaches will never come out and admit it. Now, is that a trope? And is that something that they just say because they want to save face? Who knows? Um, but to show you how garbage this whole thing is, is that the rankings that they had on the Athletic for the Packers last week, we were 17th, um, whereas this week we're 9th. So we're the only team in it. I think there's another team there with uh, under 10 wins, um, the Chargers maybe. But we're at 7 and 8. Every other team has 10 wins, 11 wins, 12 wins, whatever. We're 7 and 8 with a record and a playoff chances of 30%. Got two games left on the season and all of a sudden we're, we're ranked 9th this week and there's an awful lot of talk about oh well no team would want to meet the Packers in the playoffs um maybe you know maybe that's true because you just look at the key injuries that we've had Christian Watson is now down with a hip injury Keyshawn Nixon is out with the groin and Josh Nishman or Nyman is out with the shoulder and so even on the O-line and you see Newman coming in uh he's got a lot of flack and rightly so because he was what uh you know third last on on offense when it comes to it. So again, Nijman, who's played basically every game since 2020 in some capacity, even if he's been subbed on for a couple, um, he's eighth in offensive tackle pass block win rate uh, versus Newman, who come in to replace him. And he grade fourth worst on offense in the Dolphins. So out of the two offenses, he was fourth worst on the field, um, which isn't great. So then Keyshawn Nixon was in there and you see him doing great things and he's first in NFL uh, total kick yards and, you know, total yards per kick. Um, and he's, you know, leading the league, which is just bizarre to say that a Packers special teams can lead the league other than sucking. Um, and again, he gets injured and, you know, do you know what? One of the highlights for the game to me was to see that they didn't want to kick the ball to Keyshawn. 
is that they went and they squib kicked it just to try get it away from him, you know? Now, I don't know whether that was, you know, sort of a default thing or whether that's given him too much respect, but the fact that it's even in conversation, I think, is really impressive. Um, so when we have a full squad and when we've Watson to kind of pull coverages, when we've Keyshawn Nixon being a dangerous guy, when we've Josh Nyman in there doing a great job and being so dependable, with those three players out alone and they've been held out of practice again, you know, you look at it and go, it has our luck run out. Because coming up against the Vikings, uh, Justin Jefferson has broken all kinds of records this season and we can run through them. But safe to say that this is a, the guy's a, he's a terror on the field. And the Packers completely crapped the bed when it came to covering him off earlier in the season. Um, and an awful lot of that is to do with you just can't. And I think that when you look at that Dolphins game and the big plays that we gave up, um, you know, there's not only are we getting burned in the secondary and Jair Alexander for how entertaining he is and how brilliant he is and for how how paid he is. You know, they even asked Matt Lafleur about it in the presser to say what do you think his seasons like? And of course, he's not going to say oh terrible. He says yeah, look, he's getting better and we need him to keep on getting better, which is a hell of a thing to say about someone who's the highest paid DB in the league. Um, you know, he's the kind of guy who can come down with interceptions, but also make these sort of brain fart moments as well. And when you've big play players like they have for the Vikings, I mean, look at TJ Hawkinson. The guy absolutely went off in that last game. Now, the Vikings do look like they're sort of, they might run out of luck. Um, the Packers are favourites at Lambeau Field by about a field goal, I think. Uh, but it's certainly not a gimme game. And again, the Packers need to beat the Vikings and beat the Lions. And then we need the Giants to lose both of their games or the commanders to lose at least one of them and they're coming up against the Browns and we see some sort of discombobulation if you will uh, with the commanders as well so can the Packers do it and it, you know what I would love the Packers to do it and I truly believe that they will in my heart um, but Murphy's Law or if you watch enough Hollywood movies which are is a trash thing to go on anyway you know if there's a guy like Riggs and Murtaugh from Lethal Weapon you know, I mean, he's going out, he's going to retire and he gets asked to wear his bulletproof vest. He doesn't really want to. And you know what's going to happen? You know what's going to happen already? True Detective, I think, was another one. You know, here's this guy, rides a motorbike, doesn't really know what to do with himself. Um, and then he goes out and his missus, find, they find out that they're pregnant. He's happy about it. Like, what's going to happen to that guy? He's got, he, Dude's dying. All right, the dude's dying straight away. I mean, the minute you hear that, you know the plot point and they can't go, oh, you thought he was going to die, but he didn't. They just kill him. And that's the way it is with this. I just feel like we've got two games left. Um, we were dead and buried. There's this sort of fantasy story coming back. And I know we've ran the table before and all that kind of thing. But it is still a fairly tall order. Um, you know, because when you look at it, I mean, Jaron Reed sort of made an emergence. Uh, and Dean Lowry was sorely missed. And there's some weird debate going on there. Aaron Jones is injured. The guy's injured. And he's coming out and he's trying to make plays. Um you know, then you have these brain fart moments like that special teams play where they try to fake punt it, which was, what was it, the first one that they tried to do in four years and God damn, it was unbelievably crap. Um, and then there was another one where Keyshawn Nixon goes down, he's nine yards from the end zone, unbelievable field position. And then Aaron Rodgers, for some reason, I think it was on third down, just literally stands there like a statue and takes a sack, uh, which is just inexplicable. So that's what I mean by kind of lower expectations. We have the injuries, uh, you know, we've Aaron Rodgers overthrowing Watson when that sort of textbook and then in the same game, he throws that pass to Mercedes Lewis, which looks impossible. I've heard uh, some analysts out there saying he's the only one on the planet that can do it. Um, you know, you have that kind of hot and coldness. You have the injuries. Um, 
like it's just it's a really weird season it's incredibly hard to predict uh, which is why you'd sort of if you told me I, I think they're going to make it I'd go yeah sure you know yeah, that makes sense. And then you go, well, they're not going to make it. They're going to lose one of those two games. I go, yeah, makes sense. I mean, the Vikings are riding high. They've long locked up the division. And they've beaten the Packers already this season. And they've got Justin Jefferson. You know, all of these things, when you look at it and you're thinking, you know, it's very difficult. But let's let's look at the odds, right? So at the minute, we went from 3% to 6%. Went from 6%, I think, to 16 And now we're up at about 28%. So again, Packers, Vikings, Packers, Lions. If we lose any of those games, we're gone. Now, I know there's certain scenarios you can put it in and they're 45%, but safe to say we've two weeks to predict. So what we need is is a Packers win. If the Packers beat the Vikings, and this is from the New York Times, which is a brilliant playoff predictor, by the way. If the Packers beat the Vikings, their playoff chances go to 50%. Um, If the Colts play the Giants, and let's just say the Colts beat the Giants. The playoff odds go from 50 to 55. And then if the Browns beat the Commanders after week 17, that's the best case scenario for us. It goes up to 57%. Which means that all the Packers have to do at that stage is, is in week 18 is to beat the Lions and we go up to 99%. If the Packers were to lose to the Lions, we're out. Uh, there's a 0% chance um, of us getting to the playoffs at that stage. Now let's take out the Colts beating the Giants and say... You know, the Giants beat the Colts. And let's take out... Uh, and just leave in that the Browns beat the Commanders. Now we've got a 100% chance. If we win our two games, the Giants can do whatever they're doing and then the Commanders just need to lose one. And then we're good. Now, if the Commanders beat the Browns and we beat the Vikings and the Giants beat the Colts, well, then it goes to 59%. And then it all comes down to whether we win against the Lions. And if we do, it's the 59 And if the Commanders go and win that game, we're out. And again, it doesn't matter what the Giants do. So the Giants need to lose both of their games or the Commanders need to lose one, which is the Cowboys um, or the Browns. And both of those are losable games. You know, again, the Commanders are in kind of Haypenny's place. And this is what's really annoying about the season, I guess. The fact that we were beaten by the Giants in London, of all places. The fact that we played half that game fantastically well and then the other half we completely disintegrated. Um, and now it comes down to expecting those teams to lose. And when you look at them, they go, yeah, of course. You know, I mean, the Giants can't really depend on them losing both games. But again, the only thing we need is commanders lose one, we win two, and then boom, we're through. Um, and there's an awful lot of predictions, again, that we're going to come up against the Vikings then in the in the playoffs. And if you look at that, if we beat the Vikings on the way there, you know, it, it works out incredibly well for us. Now, I don't know if that's going to be the case, um, but... It would be incredibly tasty, I guess, the fact that the Vikings did well. But again, I mean, if you look at them last season and they've sort of picked out different teams as well at those one-team wins and how they got on, um, and you'd sort of see that it really is fine margins. So when you look at the Falcons when LaFleur was there, you know, they were pipping out these really close games and literally the next season they fell apart and people didn't understand what happened. And it's because of that one-win game thing. Sometimes teams just have what it takes to eke it over the line. Sometimes it's good fortune sometimes it's the teams that they're facing just capitulate um and then sometimes it comes down to the leggier kicker you know you get him in the spot he kicks the field goal and remember it's when the kicker loses a game like that the excuse from everybody including us is is well the kicker should never have been in that position in the first place but the minute he kicks that point fee and he wins it then you go well it comes down to fine margins doesn't it really i mean if that's what it takes to win that's what it wins you get the kicker in blah 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 so look, there's only one path to the Super Bowl for us and we just need to keep winning. If we lose any of the games, we're out um, and we need the commanders to lose one. If you see that happening, well then happy days. And what is quote, so bizarre 
about this whole thing was out of all the results that could have went our way, you know, when you look at the close games and you look at the just a you know say a fumble that happens and then we lose that game against X team. When you look at all the things that kind of went against us early in the season, sometimes it is just a rub of the green almost. It's staying in the mix. Um, and it's also, I mean, look at the Dolphins game. I mean, they were absolutely destroying us in the first half, just on big plays to the point where when that special teams went off, that failed punt, um, one of the things that I put out was, was like, why Why do you think that's the thing you need to do? Um, especially when they can seemingly score at will. But their quarterback got concussed and that was confirmed today um, by their head coach. So was it any wonder that he was making sort of, you know, bad decisions on the field and throwing interceptions? Some of those were gimmies. And I know some of them were pointed towards, oh, he let him off with his body position and he got into a place where he couldn't see him and all this type of stuff. But it certainly does reframe it that the opposing quarterback who absolutely lit up your defense in the first half, you know, can't get anything going. And I know this this historic to shut them out and no one's done that to the Dolphins. Give me a stat where uh, Tua is concussed and he's banging interceptions and overthrowing people. Because you can see off Jair, even he was shocked that he can't believe he was overthrowing him. Um, but they still look kind of dangerous too, at times. So that's the kind of way you need things to fall sometimes, which is bizarre. And I think that's what we need to make the playoffs. And then, you know, by the way we were playing, and it was something that I'd uttered as well. I mean, you get to the playoffs, now what? Now what happens? I mean, are we the type of squad that are going to go the full hog? That's the really frustrating part, I guess, about this team is that Aaron Rodgers is still highly capable. Matt LaFleur hasn't become a bad play caller overnight. But what is going to complicate things is the fact that Watson is going to be injured and how much that shows on the field if they do field him and blood him um, will remain to be seen. If he's showing that he is limping or doesn't have that straight line speed, well then they're just going to switch off. And you know that might leave opportunities, maybe it won't. And then you look at Aaron Jones and he's doing what he can through injury. We're not going to have the luxury now of a bye week. But arguably... You know, we'd sort of said it before that the bye week might be the worst thing for the Packers because they go in, you get a bye, you're the number one seed, you feel like you're hot stuff. Um, and then that's easier for a Matt LaFleur team to go in and get complacent. Um, so hopefully going in as a wild card, you know, this is obviously emboldening the team to some degree. Now, how much that actually sort of impacts play on the field just because, you know, you've got good feely feels doesn't mean that you can go out and execute. That's nonsense. But... They must feel like that they have the momentum and it must feel like it's going their way because every scenario that the Packers needed, aside from winning three on the trot, is that all of these other results went their way and every single one of them did. Every single one, which is bizarre because had you put that in a betting aka, you'd look like an absolute lunatic. Whereas now, when you look at all the results going their way and they're holding up their side of the bargain. But I guess the painful thing is, is that we have two really big home games now. And any one of those being lost, well, then the season's gone. Um, And all of this sort of talk about do we put love in, do we not put love in, you know, you sort of look at it and go, okay, it sort of masks the issue that it was a it was a null point anyway, really. You know, if we lose one of these games and we're out, well, then you'd sort of go, it would have been nice had we sort of crapped the bed a bit earlier so that you could put love in there and see what you have now. You know, there's people saying Love's on the trading block. He's already gone. They know what they have. There's other people saying they know what they have and it's good. Um, and that the coaches know, definitely know at this stage what they have. And they don't need to put him out there in game time. That's just their fan or media narrative. And look, I more lean on that side of things than anything else. So maybe it doesn't really matter at the end of the day. Um, and the Packers don't care that we feel 
better about ourselves that love is out there and we can get a good look at them because they see what they see in them. Um, but it's amazing that all of this struggle and all of that kind of stuff could all be flushed down the drain to a large degree. Now, I do put a massive premium on the fact that had the Packers gone through this struggle, they showed they can put some good stuff together. Uh, you know, some of the cream of the crop has sort of bubbled up to the top. Like, would we have got Watson as involved as we did if we didn't need him? Definitely not. Uh, Romeo Dubs, exactly the same. Uh, the same with Keyshawn Nixon. Would we would we be as brave to let him? Because look, that's that's the point I kind of mentioned earlier. You know, Lafleur talked about the decisions Romeo Dubs made when he was bringing it out uh, from like five deep in our own end zone versus Keyshawn Nixon. And a couple of weeks ago, it was Aaron Rodgers that was talking on the Pat McAfee show uh, who said to him, like, Keyshawn, bring it out. Like, this is you. This is all you. You do what you need to do. Don't sit in there. Bring that thing out because you're dangerous. And he does. And it works out for him. But that's what Matt LaFleur said, is that you have to earn that trust. There's zero difference between Romeo Dubs and Keyshawn Nixon um, in their position of when they get the ball and all that kind of stuff. The, the thing is, is self-belief um, and the permission to do so. And that's exactly what Keyshawn does. He comes out, he gets blocks, he makes plays happen, um, and he's playing absolutely dynamite, evidenced by the fact that he's number one in his position in the league. And on top of that, when he's returning punts, and he hasn't done enough to qualify, uh, but as well as that, I think he's second or third in the league if you were to put him in there. Again, small sample size, so let's not lose the run of ourselves. Um, you know, so it just comes down to that trust issue. Um, so would he have bubbled to the top if that wasn't the case? No. Would they have tried to sort of do all the special stuff on special teams and, and bring in who they did under Basaccia? Uh, no, because they would have done the same thing. So sometimes, you know, this adversity is great. And this shows that the Packers can be a winning team. And also, let's look on to the Broncos side. Nathaniel Hackett has been turfed out. Will he come back to Green Bay as a consultant? Um, and you'd sort of say to yourself, eh, a guy who's a head coach, will he really, you know, took his tail and come back to where he came from? Absolutely. I mean, look at Rich Basacci. He was the head coach and term head coach uh, when Gruden got kicked out um, over the dodgy dealings that were going on there. So he came in to be special teams coordinator. So sometimes people get into a program and Hackett was incredibly effective where he was. So will the Packers make the playoffs? Uh, we already have. We're already there. Will they make the playoff playoffs? Oh, God damn it, I really hope so. And what a story that would be. And you look at the teams that have went on a late run and sometimes it's that momentum coming into things. It's that boogie team. We're going to be coming up against teams like the Packers of old who will look at the Packers and go, they're banged up. They're really a dreadful team. You know, they look at the stat lines and obviously they're more savvy and they'll be digging into the plays. But if the Packers get fooled into thinking the Niners are nothing and that they can steamroll them and then we end up getting beaten when we definitely should have won that game. Uh, you can tell that I have, still have some issues with it. Um, well, then you look at other teams and, you know, they can sort of fall into that trap as well. If they're going to win, they're going to have to win on the road. Um, and maybe that's the best thing for this Packers. And it would be painful to think that the Packers can be so blisteringly good, can have the number one offense in years and get dumped out of the playoffs. And imagine they got through to the playoffs as a wild card and reached the same stage. You know, because look at any way you sort of look at it, whether you get in in style, whether you get in with a buy or get in scraping your way in with a wild card. Once you get to the playoffs at that stage, you know, all well, the gloves are off. And when you go and win the Super Bowl, um, because look, we're used to not winning. You look at the when, when did we last win it? 2010, 2011. You go back to those seasons, you know, in the season after, what was it? 16 wins, 15 wins in the season, 15 and one. You know, and then you sort of say, well, it all doesn't matter because we haven't won it since then anyway. So whether we get in ugly or whether we get in graciously, 
it really doesn't matter because as it comes down to someone else is going to be winning the Super Bowl anyway. So will this be the Packers' year? Well, we've got two games to get over and we need the Commanders to take an L. And if that's the case, bring it on. Absolutely bring it on. But anyway, uh, it's great to be back. And I've got over the plague, which uh, put me out. We've it's, This is what I want to ask. This is a real burning question to get back to me. Hit me on DMs or hit me on an email or whatever. Is anyone else experiencing a sickness that has lasted weeks? The household has been literally struck down for about seven or eight weeks now. Uh, the kids have been on antibiotics for like conjunctivitis and all. It's rancid. And I've heard of another couple of people who have sort of contacted and said, you know, I hope everything's okay. We literally finished the thing of antibiotics on the 24th of December and sort of like fell into Christmas feeling somewhat okay. Uh, but I definitely still have the, I'm calling it the man plague. I've done COVID tests. It ain't COVID. Everybody's got it. It's just bananas. Let me know. Are you in the same boat? You know, do we need to go to some sort of um, leper colony somewhere, you know, Bull Island or something? Anyway, so look, we'll be back um, hopefully after a Vikings win. It's going to be a tough game, edge of the seat stuff. I've been at CDDNFL. Get into the group accounts at UK Packers. And if you want to win some signed March, we're still doing the blistering signed draws. If I get enough people uh, from now up till about August, well, then I'm hoping to give away an all expenses paid trip to Lambo field and that's patreon.com forward slash uk packers get onto the tenor tier sign up the money doesn't get taken straight away forget about it and then every single month you could bag some seriously good sign march including full-size helmets and i'm also coming up with a draw lately uh, that will have a jordy nelson and donald driver jewel signed mini helmet which is really the jewel in the crown or the helmet if you will anyway so that's patreon.com forward slash uk packers until the next podcast next week talk to you then